Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, stories of inspiring and thriving with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light out of the dark to rise from the ashes, to find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven. Good morning. I am really excited to have on the Unbreakable Spirit podcast this morning a dear friend and someone I've known for many years, Debbie Jo Wheatley. And let me tell you just a little bit about Debbie. So Debbie Cho actually started out her career in nursing, and she actually worked as a specialist in vascular access, working heavily with cancer patients. From 1991 until 2011, Debbie Jo was an advocate and care person for her beloved husband, Howard, who had been diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Did I say that right, Debbie Jo? Yes. (laughs) Okay. During that time, she also had a diagnosis of melanoma in 2010. And fortunately that was caught early. Debbie Jo also has this amazing gift and this love for working on homes and in interior design. And along the way, she transitioned her career from nursing into starting her own business, which is Designs by Debbie Jo. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that. But nursing, she had this huge desire to help others, especially those she knows with a cancer diagnosis or loss. And she was also a past nominee for LLS Woman of the Year. And share with us what that is, Debbie. That's each year they do the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, do a regional man and woman of the year. And it's a 10 week um, program, I guess, whatever, to raise funds. And the one that raises the most funds wins. And it's a lot of corporate, they raise a lot of money. However, during that time, if you raise at least $50,000, you also get a grant in the name of the person you want, and the grant can go towards whatever. I had it go towards CLL in my husband's name. And that is just wonderful, wonderful. So now Debbie Jo is living out her dream at the beach in Delaware, and she is continuing with her design business in Northern Virginia, as well as anywhere across the United States. So what I want to talk about, Debbie, is how you got from there to here. So let's go back in time. Uh, we can go back. I don't know where you want to start with perhaps you were in nursing and then you were married to this wonderful man, Howard, and maybe you can start talking about how, how your journey kind of led you to here. Well, as a nurse, it was always in the back of my head when I would go in to take care of patients that I wanted to do something with the hospital rooms because there was never enough room. Oh. <laughs> and it was like, so it was always in my head. It's like, they should let us decorate the rooms or design the rooms because they're not very functional. And then in, I think it was 1991, 92, my mom and I started a um, art business doing functional art and doing shows like during the fall Christmas holiday season. And we painted and I did a lot with furniture and things, wall murals and so forth and so on till for about 12 years. And then we kind of just ran out of ideas. 
Um, and at that time, my husband was getting a little bit more ill with his uh, leukemia diagnosis. So it was kind of hard to decide when we could have shows or do anything because I knew it was going to go on. Right. Because um, be away from him. Right. Right. And then nursing was really starting to get to me. I didn't work that much. I worked like probably average two days a week because I was home with him. And at one point, it was just very strange. I was at church with my mom and I just kind of started crying a little bit. And she goes, what's the matter? And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm happy, you know, except for my husband having a cancer diagnosis. We have a good life. I have great friends. I have great family. I have a beautiful home, but just something I'm just not fulfilled in some way. And she basically said, what's the one word that would make you feel fulfilled? And I said, decorate. Oh. Feeling very much like a separate wife. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I went to my husband and I said, listen, I want to try this. I want to back out of nursing, see how it goes. And he just said, go for it. He was a big support, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. And we, I got it started and it was slow because at times he was in the hospital and things were going on. So I had to back off of things. So I couldn't really push it forward as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. in 2008. And then after he passed in 2011, it was in my mind to really make a success of this a lot for me because I love what I do and a lot for him because he set it up such that I could continue to do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go back to nursing or get a nine to five job to survive. I could push forward in making this business work. Well, so that's really amazing to me because knowing you and you are so gifted with your art and your, your talent going back, you went into nursing. Did you have this artistic bent even way back then before you went into nursing, but you chose not to follow a a path in art. You chose to go into nursing. Right. And I'd always thought I wanted to go into journalism Interesting. Yeah, and I lived in a small town, and I wasn't thinking forward that I don't have to stay in this small town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, What am I going to do with it? So I went into nursing, but then of course I went away to get my bachelor's and never went back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then moved to Virginia, so things were more open for me to pursue different things. But I've always Barbie dream house. Everybody was like playing with their dolls. I was decorating the furniture and rearranging (laughs) the furniture in the dollhouse. You know, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So so your husband was not well and you were nursing and then you you said I wanna well, you started this business with your mom, where I guess you got some of your creative that that creative side of you going with mm-hmm. because I've I've seen some of your work and the painting is just amazing. And so you're just were you at this time just self-taught? You just taught yourself everything. Yeah, I mean, I took art when I was in high school. And then one thing I always wanted to do was watercolor. So I did take a course in that because that's a little different just to learn certain techniques and all. But for the most part, yeah, I pretty much was what I saw. I just mm-hmm. you could just do it. it. Yeah, I just <laughs> kind of went for it. Fantastic. Yeah. So then when you decided to go into the interior, more of the interior design, now, did you have to go for any training in that? Well, I thought at first, I didn't know if I was going to do interior design. I figured staging and redesign. That's something I could get credit uh, credited in. Okay. Uh, and at the time, you know, with the sales and stuff, although 2008 was not the best time to start a business, but I thought in that way I can 
stage homes for realtors or redesign with what people had and say, okay, maybe you need a lamp, maybe you need a rug. So for probably a year and a half, I did all my friends' houses for nothing. Oh, oh so I could take before and after pictures. Uh-huh. And just just to get in there so people could see I knew what I was doing. And at one point I met, I was outside of Costco of all places and ran into a friend of mine. And she said she was working for this contractor. And she said, they're looking for a designer. And I said, well, what do you want to talk to me? And she said, do you do, she goes, she said, our one friend had said, you know, oh, she moves around furniture. I said, no, I do more than that, but I'd love to talk to him. So he brought me on. We talked for a while and he brought me on and I started small. And then all of a sudden I was doing high-end kitchens and baths and my name was getting out there and I was doing office space and it just to the point where it just kind of kept rolling where it was a ski house in seven Springs. It was a a retreat out in West Virginia. It's just, and then one client flew me to Houston because that's where she moved and she couldn't find anybody else. So it kind of just kept rolling. And when people say, Mm -hmm. can you do that? I'd be like, oh, sure. But then of course I would study Uh and I learned a lot from my contractors and, and the guys that did the tiling and did the flooring and did whatever as they were doing it to find out why are you doing it this way? And what do I need to look for when I'm deciding this is what I want done as opposed to, can we take this wall down? You know. So it really, did I go to school for it? No, I have been told by the majority of my clients that I do have an innate ability to design and it's just there. Yes, I would a hundred percent agree with that. (laughs) Having seen a lot of your work and it is really amazing. I I think it's really amazing. So let's go back to your husband is, is sick and Mm -hmm. you are nursing and then you, you talk to him and you want to transition. And as it, as things began to progress uh, with him, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what was going on with you? And um, it, it must have been a really difficult time. It was because during that time prior to my dad was going through cancer as well, and he passed away in 2008. So I was trying to help him um, as well as my husband. But we were going probably the, the last two years at least once a month and going down to every other week for blood transfusions and everything else and just trying to keep it together while he was going through all this. He had a very stoic personality and never complained, but I could see all the years were starting to wear on him after a while. So it was hard to get out there and work. However, the work brought me so much joy that it gave me some time, at least a way to have some normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to constant worry. And for most people, being an advocate for somebody when they're going through something like this means makes a big difference. Because I, having been a nurse, I was not, not vocal. Trust me. That <laughs> was like, you know, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And he needs to see this and stuff. It was, it was a tough, it was tough going through it, but the last couple of years were really tough, especially the last year where I knew we were getting towards the end. So what a blessing though, that because of your nursing background, you, you had contacts, you had insights, you had knowledge to -hmm. really help navigate him and yourself through this really Mm -hmm. difficult time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was really something. And, and I, if you, if you know, Debbie Jo, you'll know that she is the go-to person 
for when anybody has anything going on. <laughs> it's always, ask Debbie Jo, she has great advice. And then from health to, to design. <laughs> like, and, and such a caring and compassionate person because uh, she's always helping everyone. So there you were, you were just beginning this new business. Uh, your husband is very sick and then it, it, he, he passes. So what came next? Um, it was, it was hard. I couldn't stay in my house. That was very difficult. Everybody has a lot of advice for you. Like, oh, they say you shouldn't sell your house for a year. Oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Well, when your spouse dies, you kind of lose all filters. And I was like, well, have you gone through this? You know, do you know what's going on? If you've gone through this, then you have a right to tell me what to do. But I needed, I needed to get out. I was lucky it was kind of strange because three weeks after he passed, I got a call from who ended up being a big client of mine that she had gotten my name from two other referral people in people that I had done uh, work for before and said, I heard you're really good. I would like to talk to you about doing some business. And I was a little nervous because I hadn't really seen a lot of people. And she asked me if I was going to one of our networking events. And I said, yes, I, I was thinking of it. She mm-hmm. goes, well, why don't we meet before? And we did. And I could take everything out of my head about what happened with Howard and just go right into the design stuff and all. And we got talking. She goes, oh my God, she goes, I love this. Can you go ahead and write me up a proposal? And during that time, people were starting to come for this event. They were coming over to go, oh, can we give you a hug? And, mm-hmm. and the person I was talking to was like, uh, can I just have five more minutes of her time? <laughs> and so after she said, would you do a proposal for us? And I said, yes. I said, but I need to explain something to you first. I said, my husband passed three weeks ago. I said, my job right at this moment is the only thing that gives me joy. So mm-hmm. I want you to know I'll be doing my best. I might have a bad day. But I will, I will work hard to make sure this gets done in the way you want it and in a timely fashion. And that's when she looked at me and said, okay, well, you're going to have a lot of work done because oh. I want you to have a lot of joy. And, oh, and, that, that's so that, nice. yeah, yeah. and that job really helped me move forward some, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't quite, um, it just gave me a purpose because mm-hmm. after he died, I really was like, okay, what's my purpose now? you must have felt very lost. You'd been a, a caretaker for so long. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's this huge void. And, and then you have this big house that you've got to figure out what you want to do with. So mm-hmm. that, that must've been just really tough. So that decision to sell the house, how, how was going through all that? I mean, it must've been really difficult, really painful. Although you felt like you needed to do it to make yeah. a change. Um, to tell you the truth, I probably could have sold the house five years earlier because it was okay. big. It was just he and I. It was a lot to care for. Mm-hmm. You know, hire somebody to do the lawn, hire somebody to do this. And it's just like, you know, if we could go something smaller, but Howard loved the house. So mm-hmm. I wasn't leaving. So mm-hmm. when I left, it wasn't terrible, except for the very, the day I did the walkthrough before um, the closing. Yeah. And mom came with me and I was like, oh my God, I forgot. You know, I left our door knocker on there and it had our name oh. on it. Oh, that, like, that makes, that yeah. makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, crap. I said, well, I don't want to take it off and leave a couple of holes. I should have replaced it. I said, I told her, I said, just tell me, just let me know, uh, let them know 
that I will get them a doorknob and replace it and I'll take that one out because I measured where the holes were so it would be okay. Well, we go to closing, my mom goes with me, uh, a realtor goes with me and the wife could not be there. She had to work. The husband was there signing the stuff. Really nice family. Two, it was a second mar- marriage for her. So she had two kind of older kids and they had just had a baby and just, just really nice people. And they loved the house, which was great. I, you know, I wanted a family there. I wanted somebody who loved it. And he hands me this package and he said, oh, we got this for you. And he had wrapped it and there was a card and it was, and they said, thank you for our beautiful home. Hmm. And they all signed it, the kids. And inside they had gone and got a shadow box and taken my door knocker (laughs) and framed it for me and wrapped it. Of course, we're all crying. Even Debbie, she was like, oh, my realtor. She's like, oh my God, I have never seen anybody do something so kind. Wow. And that just, and I have it to this day. (laughs) That's so beautiful. That yeah, is so beautiful. It, it really made, it really helped to have that. And I was lucky to have a good transition in the fact that I lived with my mom for five months before my new place was ready. So I had okay. time to kind of relax and not have to take care of something mm-hmm. for the first time in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. So some so, healing, healing yeah. time. Yeah. So then you move into this new place and so now you have a new home mm-hmm. and a home that you get to decorate, a new home yeah. to decorate. And really you're beginning a new life. Right. Because you've got a new home and now you're going to concentrate on this new business. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, tell me a little bit about that. Was it, was it scary moving into the new place or? It was exciting. Fresh start. It of, yeah. It was one of those things where, Mom and I went out and it was just, we were just looking at stuff and I kind of knew what I wanted. We had gone to the movies over in Brambleton and they were just mm-hmm. starting to do all this building. I said, well, this would be a fun little place to live. And I wanted something more like a loft type of thing where I didn't have to take care of yards or anything. And to find that I would have had to move closer to the city and stuff. And I wanted to be out in close proximity to my mom. So We went to the center and asked them, what do you have on sales? And she said, well, these brownstones over here are new and they're very unique. So we took a little ride over and the model that was mine, we walked in and we walked in the first floor and my mom looked at me and she said, oh my God, this is your house. Oh, Yeah. I mean, literally. And so we upstairs and we're looking around. I was like, yeah, the the corner one was bigger, but I just didn't need all that. This was perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I emailed my friend or texted her and said, she was on vacation. I said, okay, when do you come back? She goes next Sunday. I said, okay, you need to come look at this with me and tell me if I'm crazy. Is this too soon? Am I, am I doing a good, I'd never bought a house before. Uh-huh. I mean, we would do all our stuff with our house. Howard would be like, I go, just tell me what to sign. And he was <laughs> always like, no, read this. And I'm like, I don't understand yeah. it. So I, I was, she came with me and she goes, you'd be a fool not to buy. It's a great time to sell your house. And so I just bought it and it was like getting rid of the things in my home was kind of cathartic because I did donate a lot of things and it Mm -hmm. went through a lot of, you know, to different people had it and all, but I also kept some things that I felt I needed to keep like my husband's recliner. Like oh, our uh-huh. sofa was in our family room. There were just certain pieces of furniture. I felt I should keep them because it's important. It 
wasn't necessary in the long run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and those pieces found other lives and actually the recliner for another leukemia patient that really needed. Oh, that's wonderful. But the thing I think that got me when I went to do my walkthrough before the uh, walls were put up. So the pre-drywall walkthrough, uh, one of my friends had said, you need to write a note to the house. And I was like, well, if I write a note on a piece of paper, I'm going to stick it in there and somebody's going to take it out. So I went with a Sharpie uh-huh. and in every room. I wrote a note like for my guests, make them comfortable in my office, you know, make me be able to be, um, you know, not so much make lots of money, but help me to focus on my business in the kitchen kind of thing was like, you know, allow me to entertain my friends. Mm. So that kind of thing throughout the whole house. And I'm crying as I'm doing it. And the, and the uh, guy that's taking me through, he goes, you know, we're going to cover up the walls. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'll know it's there. Absolutely. You were, you were setting an intention for the house, right. and for the different rooms in the house. And I think that's right. beautiful. And yes, you knew it was there. I think that's sort of a feng shui kind of thing, isn't it? I do some so. of that. Yeah. 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 And so it always, the house always had a good feeling, but then when I went through the walkthrough, that's when I lost it. I knew that was like, oh my God, this is, I own this house. And it was, it was scary. And Mm -hmm. I had like my best friend with me. I had the realtor. I had my mom. I mean, we came as a group and (laughs) the guy that was taking us through was just like, are you okay? I go, I will be just, it's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then I'm like, take down the toilet paper holder and the bathroom I don't like where it is and do not put those big mirrors up your design yes kicked in yes yes so it was it it was tough but it was exciting and mm-hmm. I thanked my husband every day for it because I could not have done this without all the things he had done in the past to make me able to do this mm-hmm. how long were you married Debbie Joe? We were married 20, just, he died just before our 28th wedding anniversary. And we were together five years prior to getting married. Yeah. So a long time together. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, for women that lose their husbands or even women that go through divorces, that ending, and then that Mm -hmm. new beginning, I can only, only imagine it's so scary, but yet at least you were stepping forward into something. Mm-hmm. new and, and this new career. And I know that you, you became very involved uh, in the local networking. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm sure that that was a, a way to just make new friends. And I mean, you've never had any trouble making friends, <laughs> lots yeah. and lots of friends, but a way to get your own community around you right. so that you were supported and then it turned into this this business that mm-hmm. you you've done so well with thank you thank yeah you. and and then you've continued your good works with the uh, LLS to mm-hmm. I guess that's your way of, of giving back mm-hmm. right what else have you dabbled in or or explored explored in writing I would like to write well I've started it I did a small very small book at one point and it's on e-reader about the journey Howard and I had and it was Mm. more for to get out so if I was talking about it I had it down the 20 years journey of him but also myself as a caregiver that there's nothing right that you're doing you're just doing stuff and that basically told people to because I I said it's not that you can't really do anything but love the people 
mm-hmm. but you can be there for them. It's like, you're not going to cure them. You're not going to change the outcome other than just be there. And, and it's not always pretty, mm-hmm. you know, I, there were times I was not at my best and I look back and it's, it's just human. It's just mm-hmm. being human. And I think it's what I want to do is expand on this for caregivers. So they know that, you know, you don't have to be perfect you know, mm-hmm. during this because nobody knows what they're doing in all of this. You know, I used to tell people when I was at the hospital and I would be putting in a central line on somebody and I'm and the caregivers or advocate or whoever it was, be it a spouse, be it a family member, be it a friend. I used to always tell the patient, I said, as you're going through this, everybody's going to be watching out for you and they're going to be taking care of you, be it medically, be it bringing dinners, bringing this. I said, nobody is looking out for the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but they just aren't because they aren't considering you. And I said, so when that person needs to go out to the movies or just needs to walk away for a minute, you can't, you have to try not to get mad and feel like they're leaving. Abandoning, right? Abandoning. Exactly. Exactly. Because they need time to be able to be there for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to recharge and do some self-care. Right. And it's hard to ask for things. It was very hard for me to reach out, even though I had a network that I could reach out to. It, It was tough because I was used to doing everything myself. But my husband realized that and he would say, hey, if there's an event tonight, you need to go. You just, I'm fine. I'm feeling good. Just go. And I had friends that would come. They'd have a happy hour at the house. They'd bring the happy hour to me. Oh, (laughs) how fun is that? (laughs) Yeah, because I didn't feel comfortable going out. And I had Mm -hmm. two friends that came every other Sunday just to sit and have wine and stuff and just relax and talk to Howard too. But Howard walked away and said, no, you need your time with your girlfriends. And he even said, he goes, I want to make sure you have friends because I don't want you to be alone when all this happens, when I'm gone. I want to know that there are people there behind you. And I did have a lot. I was, I, I feel very blessed and fortunate with the people I have in my life that mm-hmm. were so supportive and so helpful. So Let's go forward a little bit more. So you're in your new brownstone, you're building your career, you've got lots of friends, good networking, and you begin to become a little more social. And then a new person came into your life. Yes. <laughs> you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, it was about two years after Howard passed. And a couple of my friends were like, you need to go out on a date. And I'm like, oh. I said, it'd be nice to just go out to dinner with somebody or go to a movie or something. Cause you know, you're always talking to women. And I said, I mean, I had some guy friends, but it would be nice. And I tried it. I didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> on the match thing. So I got off. Uh, three weeks. I know, it's it's so hard. <laughs> it really is. I'm like, really? I mean, basically my profile said I haven't dated in 34 years. I have no idea how this works. <laughs> I know. So it's like, great. I'm a good one to start with. And then um, I actually met somebody through my neighbor mm-hmm. and we dated. He traveled a lot with his work and I was traveling and doing stuff that summer. So we'd see each other like once a week, whatever. And we're having a really good time. And then I left for Italy for five weeks mm-hmm. um, and we decided we'll see how it goes. If it works, it works. Did, were we, he was recently had gone through a divorce and he wasn't looking for anybody. And it was one of those things where it's like, am I with him because I'm lonely? Or am I with him because I'm enjoying him? And his 
he was the same way. Am I with her because I'm lonely or am I with her because I really enjoy her? And we decided when we, I came back that we were together because we enjoyed one another. And Excellent. We, yeah. And we were together for six years, he supported me through the LLS thing, which I know wasn't easy to sit there and listen about my life with my husband and everything. It's, it's takes somebody strong to do that. It always wasn't, wasn't always easy for him, but he, he dealt with it. And then unfortunately he had a lot of anxiety and his job was very, very stressful. And he was not taking really good care of his health and he died unexpectedly one night. I had talked to him on the phone and he just, he sounded like he was either sleepwalking or talking in a dream because he knew I wasn't coming over, but he thought I was there. And I said, no, I'm home. And then he was going to call me back and he didn't. And I just had a bad feeling. And I luckily only lived three miles up the road and I ran up there and he had passed away. Hmm. Um, and so that really, that was so Pretty hard. Rough. Very yeah. rough, very yeah. rough. I, I, because here you have like the second love in life and this hopes and dreams that you're perhaps going to build a life together and a, a devastating loss, but you have this most amazing unbreakable spirit. So how, how did you get through that? I actually got very sick after he passed and I was in the ER a couple of times. My health was not at its best. And I decided I needed to do something about it. It's either I'll do something about it or I'm going to die. I really am. Mm. And at that point, I was, I remember talking to my uh, four girlfriends. They were over for dinner one night and they're like, how you doing? And I just burst into tears. And I said, if it wasn't for my mother, I said, I'd be gone. I said, mm. I really, I, I, I go, I have in, and then they looked at me scared and I said, no, I'm not going to kill myself. But I, there are times that I kind of felt that, that it's like, mm. really? And they're like, well, maybe you'll meet somebody. And I kept going, who want? I mean, yeah, and I really don't want to right now. Right. right. Yeah. So that, so I started taking care of myself and I traveled a lot hmm. each month. I went somewhere either to friends in New York and I was in Charleston or I was at the beach and you know, it was just different places just to get away and just to renew. And the very last trip was to Napa in December, which was wonderful with my neighbor. We had a great time. And then and then I kind of started talking to some people and I met a couple, but it was like, yeah, it wasn't real, real special. And then COVID hit. <laughs> yes. It kind of ruins everything for yeah, just meeting people. Yeah. Just a bit. And I was just like in this 2,500 square foot brownstone, which I love, but I'm like, oh my God, I don't use any of it. And if I'm here alone for a while, it's nothing's going to mm-hmm. get used. So I started downsizing, getting rid of things or whatever. And finally, I think it was in April. I'm like, that's it. I said, I'm done. I'm going to sell this place and I'm going to move to the beach. I'm out of here. And then it was like, okay, well, I'll sell it. I went for a year or two. I just was tired of taking care of things. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, went on sale and I set up a rental for myself. And then the day after it ratified the contract, I came to the beach and bought a place. Well, and, and I know that that it was a lifelong dream for you to live yes. at the beach. And it yeah. was also with you and, and Steve, you had dreams of perhaps living at the beach. So you decided 
that I'm going to, I'm going to fulfill my dream. Right. And so I, so I came home and it was the next week, a friend was having a graduation party for her son. And as I was driving back, cause I was still in the Brownstone, I wasn't out yet. I'm driving back and I had a panic attack. I pulled over. I'm like, Oh my God, what did I just do? I just sold my house. I just bought something at the beach. I'm moving into an apartment. I've got all this stuff. It was just, I mean, it really, it was like, I was in total, total panic. But then I said, okay. And then I got into the apartment and that was good. Cause I think back on it, it's like, Oh, maybe I should have waited. I could have gotten more for the house. But that year of not having to take care of anything mm-hmm. was really good something was wrong, they could take care of it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would go come down to Lewis and check on the place and all. And the neat thing is, is I've always loved Rehoboth. And that's where I thought I'd move to. There just wasn't what I wanted there by and what I was looking for. But Howard's ashes are in the ocean at Rehoboth. His Mm -hmm. daughter and I let release them in the ocean there so it's kind of like a coming back home in a sense I don't feel like I'm in a new place even though I knew nothing about Lewis and bought the place (laughs) well I know too that I think which worked out really well was this place had to be built so that gave you that year um, Mm -hmm. about around a year to transition like you said kind of take care of stuff in the brownstone move into the apartment downsize figure out and also transition your clients. I mean, the nice thing now with the one thing that COVID's done for all of us is it's allowed us to do so much more virtually. Right. Definitely. Yeah. That that expands your reach as well. And then you really truly can be anywhere and help people. Right. Yeah. I actually just finished, yeah, just finished a place in Louisiana and just about done with one in Florida right now too. So having it virtually, it's worked out fairly well. Mm -hmm. And there's always FaceTime. Well, I've got a couple projects going on. We would FaceTime, look around, check out colors and stuff. And I have clients that understand it, which is good. You know, mm-hmm. which is really good that they, they were cool with it. I was there to get it started and I knew what was coming next. So it was, you know, it was never very far away. I was a phone call away. So mm-hmm. it seemed to work out pretty good. So with, with having your your heart really broken twice. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about, you know, dipping your toe back in that water again? Well, I did meet somebody online during COVID and we didn't meet for a couple of months in person because of COVID. So we talked and we met and we really hit it off and we have a relationship now going on mm-hmm. almost two years when we first started talking in April and he lives in Northern Virginia and I live here and we see each other every couple of weeks. And so far, so good. It's working out. You know, he has a daughter and grandchildren and my, and their little grandchildren. So my feeling is he really needs to be near them. I mean, he agrees, but I always like, I go, they need to know you mm-hmm. because since he's older, we're not going to be here forever. You could live really much longer time, but even 20 more years still, that's still young for those kids to go and they need to have memories of their Mm -hmm. grandfather and they, and he's a widower himself. And the, he just had a new baby uh, granddaughter, but the other one who's three just adores him, just adores him. So it's good that he's there. It's Mm -hmm. good that she's making memories with him. So she will always have that. So it's worked out so far. It's worked out and we just enjoy doing the same things and it's nice companionship and stuff and time down here to get to know things on my own. 
Mm -hmm. And then I come back to Virginia and I see my clients, I see my mom and friends and stuff for a week. And it's going to segue down to like a week, a month um, that I'll be doing that. At the beginning, I was coming back a lot, mainly because I had a number of clients and it was the holidays and all this stuff. So it was back and forth more than I really had planned on. But this is what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you were able to open your heart again after two pretty devastating situations, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. How, how do you think you were able to do that? Or was there anything that you went through or anything that you could share with our listeners that, who maybe have gone through something similar about how you were able to, to move forward and get through all that? Well, I think, well, especially with Howard, he loved me unconditionally. I mean, he was a wonderful husband and just, we just had a really good marriage. Um, I was not perfect, but we had a very good marriage and he taught me how to love. So, mm. so I met Steve a couple of years later, it was still hard. It took a long time to say, and I love you kind of thing, mm-hmm. but eventually, and you know, I've always been the kind of person that doesn't believe that there's just one person for somebody in their life. I always believe that the person you met is that person for you now. And if it works and there's longevity, that is fabulous. And I'm so happy for everyone. And, you know, I felt I had that, but had I never met Howard, would have there been somebody else? Quite probably, because I wouldn't have known what I missed. Mm-hmm. Um, so my feeling is, is that there are people out there. It may not be what you had when you were younger, that, you know, that bloom of love and everything else and everything's so new, things change as you go forward. And to have the companionship and somebody that shares your interests and you have things to do with and all, it's, it's nice. I no intention of ever marrying again, but the thought of a committed relationship is nice for me. Uh, yes. You know? And I, you know, like I said, my relationships were good. So what it kind of made me think that another one could be good. Mm-hmm. Could be oh, good. that's, that's beautiful. That, that is a beautiful statement right there. And, and that your heart wasn't completely closed off that you were willing to, to open it up again. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. amazing. And I'm sure you did a lot of healing work along the way to get yourself to where you are. Oh yes. Today. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot, you know, moving to the beach has been the biggest healer for me. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like I have no anxiety down here. Um, even if I'm working, it's just so relaxing. I sit here and I look out at the lake and I just go four miles to the beach and it's just, it's wonderful. And meeting new people here in the development and all has been fun because mm-hmm. somebody said, well, maybe you'll meet somebody down there. So well, I've already met somebody mm-hmm. that I'm happy with. And I just, it's not about having somebody, it's about having the person that you enjoy being with, mm-hmm. you know, so I just don't want just somebody in my life, somebody that I can have fun with. Mm-hmm. So all of that self-care healing work, open heart mm-hmm. led you to where you are right now, yeah. which is wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about your business and what, how you can help people. Uh, I don't know if you have a favorite project you want to share about something you did for someone that just turned out amazing with uh, your design work? I think all my projects are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, love that. (laughs) 
because they're all different. Everything is different. So it's always like a new day. Kind of like is like my nursing. It was always a new day. There was never anything that was the same. Like you go to an office, you know, continued work or something. It's always a little bit different. Um, I'm working on basement now that should be done in the next two weeks where we, with the contractors that are working on it, we did their kitchen like eight or nine years ago. And she reached out and she was like, you know, hey, are you still doing this? I really want to do the basement. And we had talked about it when we were doing her kitchen. And after nine years, I remembered exactly what we were going to do. And she was like, that's amazing. I go, yeah, I can't find my keys half the time, but this stuff sticks in my head. So we're working on it and the clients are fun. So we're having a good time with it. Another one was when I did a large office space in Rockville. The culture of the company was so amazing. It, they were fun to work with and they let me just kind of go for it. And there was, uh, there was an architectural firm we were working with as well. But I remember the CEO telling me after it was all done, he said, you were the best money we spent on this whole project. Nice. That's yeah, super which nice. Is really nice. And it's, it's a fun space. And I just am working on a space now that I can't wait to get the pictures for because it's got this big copper tub. I mean, there's just such cool things going on out there and everyone has something a little, a little different going on. Even doing this basement, doing this bathroom down there, some of the finishes we're doing are very different than I would normally have done. But the client was like, yeah, let's go for it. That sounds cool. And so we're doing it. It's not, it's not outrageous, but it's just a little bit unique. Yeah. It's, it's great that you get to have that creative outlet. Yes. Um, And, and so you do businesses, you do homes, bathrooms, basements, uh, old houses, you can just do about anything, right? (laughs) And I know you recently did a a renovation of a bathroom uh, in an an older home to update it that turned out spectacularly. So Debbie, how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? The easiest is to either reach out to me on Facebook at Designs by Debbie Joe, And you can also call or text me at 703-919-1004. And my email is designsbydebbiejoe at mail.com. And Debbie Joe is D-E-B-I-J-O. I'm transitioning some of my mail. I do still have a website which I haven't kept up, I'm sorry to say. So that will be coming down. But I always have photos and things that I can send to people if they reach out to me. And you have photos on your Facebook page, people can yes, look at. That's, that's, they're the most up-to-date photos out there. So they, it can give them a sense of how I work. And mm-hmm. one of the people I actually met at a restaurant one night as a fluke are now going to be clients. They said, well, we looked up Facebook and we Googled you and we decided, yeah, we want to work with you. So I meet with them next week when I go back to Virginia. The power of social media. And I will put all of this in the show notes so you all can find Debbie Joe. And I think it's a real testament to Debbie that nine years went by from the kitchen and out to the basement. And then she also has these contractors that she's developed relationships with so that you can rest assured she's going to bring a good team Mm-hmm. to your project, people right. that she knows and trusts. And that's pretty fabulous. And that also a lot of your business you get through referral, which pretty is the highest majority of it, <laughs> highest compliment of all when you get yeah. referrals. So right. she does great work. And Debbie Joe has a special offer for our listeners. So Debbie, you want to share what that is? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. So I do consults for people and some of it involves space planning, color consult, whatnot. So for up until the end of March, my consult fee is $500. I will take 20% off of anybody that mentions this podcast to me when they either call or write into me. Well, that is really wonderful. And so I'll put that in the show notes as well, that if you mention Unbreakable Spirit or Jennifer Seven, when you reach out to Debbie Jo, that she'll give you that special and offer. It, yeah. And this is virtual consult. So you will get the same thing as if I came into your house. So no matter where you are, I can work with you. Mm-hmm. So that is great. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for sharing this story. I I truly believe you are the epitome of what we call an unbreakable spirit. You've been through a lot in your life. You've come through it just with a beautiful smile and you're a shining light in, in the community. And that's just really wonderful. So for our listeners, if you're going through tough times, know that you can get through it. You, you can, you may not know how you're going to get through it at the time, but you know, one step at a time yeah. and uh, try to keep your heart open. Right. Yes. So, so thank you, Debbie. I really appreciate it. So glad you thank could be you on too. with us today and yeah, uh, you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on Unbreakable Spirit. To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at sevencompany.com. That's the number seven, company.com. And please join us for our next episode, where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.